Welcome to What the If. This week, a special report. This just in on the teletype. I'm a space nerd. Breaking news. Yes, that's right. We're still waiting for the breaking news. Just to quickly introduce, if you're new here, I'm Philip Shane. I'm a documentary filmmaker, and I'm here with our uh, esteemed colleague, Professor Dr. Professor Matthew Stanley of New York University. That is what they call me. Yep. Historian of science. Uh, very often, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, you can you can provide some context for this uh, incredible adventure. The breaking news is I'm I'm just fr- I'm freshly back, literally suntanned mm-hmm. from two-part incredible NASA mission. Not off the planet, unfortunately. I was ready for that. Yeah. It wasn't in, it wasn't in the cards in this particular time. But I uh, got invited on, on, uh, well, invited on one and uh, signed up for another uh, mission. And uh, one was in Florida and one was in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, if the nation is the United States. Um, uh, yes. The what the if this week is what the if NASA invited you to come down to the Kennedy Space Center for the best show and tell ever. What would you do? You would say yes. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> a, a very short. <laughs> We're doing something a little different this week where I, I, I'm going to, I just wanted to, um, you know, I was on these two missions, both of which involve kind of public relations in a way mm-hmm. for NASA and for space exploration and, and things like that. But it was purely experiential. And uh, I just thought I would share the experience. So NASA has a program called NASA Social, or hashtag NASA Social. Hmm. And a shout out to all our NASA Social listeners out there, by the way. This is a program where you can apply. Anyone can apply, by the way. I'm actually not exactly sure what the... what, What exactly... Uh, how they choose the people exactly other than it's a little bit based on it's called NASA social because the idea is that you uh, they're looking for people to help put out stories about NASA share the excitement about NASA on social media. Mm -hmm. So I actually, I I think uh, I will have to thank a lot of the listeners of this show. Uh, I, I had applied several years in a row if you just Google NASA Social online, you can apply. And uh, whenever there's a mission coming up, it isn't always a launch. This one was a launch, a SpaceX launch, which was amazing. I'll tell the story about that coming up. But uh, uh, you apply and you answer a lot of questions. It's a little bit like applying to college, <laughs> which I have not done in a long time. <laughs> but it probably hasn't changed that much. No. Yeah, yeah. It's an essay. It's an essay. And then there's a lot of questions. And, and part of it is 
you know, you include all the links to all your various social media outlets. And one of them is this podcast. Fun fact that when I went there, they asked us to introduce ourselves. There was about 120 people actually on this program. And we all met in an auditorium at the beginning of the three-day adventure. And we went around and introduced ourselves. And when I stood up and said, I'm the host of a podcast called What the If, all these people went, oh. So that Weird. was like, yeah. <laughs> they, maybe they were like, oh, good. He's just, he finished talking. Whatever it was he was going to say, he's not doing. No, they all recognized, <laughs> they recognized the show. Some of them only, interestingly, some of them only knew the show through the Twitter feed, which was interesting. Oh, huh, okay. Kind of as a science news source and kind of a science conversational thing at what the if show on twitter but plenty of them uh, knew the podcast i immediately asked all of them and i'm asking you again <laughs> by the way whether you're a member of nasa social or not go leave us a review on itunes that would be fantastic so the people know so there, there's so much to tell what could i tell you sir uh, well, so how do, how do you get the message? Is it like an owl drops off uh, the letter for you? Precisely. How did you know? Yes. No, it was an email. And I can, it's funny because I, I said earlier, what do you do? What the if you got, a, you got invited? So I got this email. Honestly, I've been rejected a number of times. Like I said, going back three or four years. And I got one that said I... Actually, got I got one that said I was not in. Okay. Oh. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, fine. And then I got one that said I was in. <laughs> huh. think, what, so what, do you just choose which one you want then? Yeah, I think. Well, I was really like, I mean, the, I figured. Well, the one that came after was the one that said I'm in. So chronologically speaking, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. uh, what had happened was, I think I had a, uh, you know, I'd hit submit or something on the website once and wasn't sure it had gone through. And so said, anyway, I'm not exactly sure what happened. And then the government shutdown happened. So oh. I had, I, I, you know, wrote in, I was like, I just wanted to clarify. Am I in? And um, my self-esteem was telling me there's no way you're in. That was totally a mistake. Once the, actually, I got one stray email one rogue person in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever that, you know, somebody, one of those people who wrote one of those New York Times secret anonymous editorials or something emailed me and said, you're in, buddy. You're in. NASA wants you. Wow. And uh, that was great. And then they went silent again. But yeah, anyway, turned out I'm in and I go. I actually replied, by the way, I did reply immediately because I was like, if this is a mistake, I'm going to quickly... Yeah, you got to capitalize on it right away. Clog up the system. But no, that I was in and I was very gracious. So yeah, you get an email. That's it. Just like a little email. And you're staring at a screen that's from NASA.gov. That's crazy. That says, we would, we would like you to come to uh, the Kennedy Space Center uh, for this launch. Yes. All right. And what was the launch that you were watching? So the, the launch, uh, the mission I was invited to participate in, uh, to observe, was uh, the SpaceX Crew Dragon Demo-1 mission. So SpaceX, Elon Musk's fabulous company. Mm -hmm. Crew Dragon is the new program, well, crew, what do they call it? NASA, mm, it'll come to me. commercial crew, they call it. 
Commercial Crew is a terrible name, as is often the case, (laughs) if I may say, NASA. Yeah, NASA's great golden age of naming things is well past it now. Right. Apollo, right? Yeah. God of the Isn't Apollo God of the Sun? Uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Or carries the sun around in a chariot or something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Versus commercial crew. Commercial crew. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said to me that even a better name than that would have been ShamWow. Oh, ShamWow would have been pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah. In fact, maybe we should we should launch a ShamWow into space next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ShamWows for all. Uh, that's one thing the space station probably doesn't have is a ShamWow. They could use one. Well, I, that's a good question. That's yeah. a good question. Right. Do you have what the if? All right. So uh, what the if the Ronco company? took over nasa yeah took over nasa fantastic but wait there's more so uh the commercial crew program is what they're calling the kind of merged uh the participation of nasa and commercial companies companies private companies oh okay and and so uh they they have there's a great poster actually that uh, i saw which says something like same mission, new team, or something like that. And it is the, you know, the commercial crew astronauts. And, uh, and Demo 1, uh, sorry, and Dragon, so the Dragon part of that is, if you know, you know, if you're following SpaceX or Spaceflight these days, um, Dragon is the name of the, up till now, automated craft, uh, automated capsules that SpaceX sends to the space station. Mm-hmm. The first stage of that rocket that launches the capsule comes back and lands on a barge. And you've probably seen that. Anyway, Dragon is the name of the uh, the little the little capsule, and so Crew Dragon means this one is going to carry people. This was the last mission before. If if this one was successful, and it was, then there's there's actually there's one more safety tests they're going to do, an abort test, they call it. Um, pretty much if this, this mission was successful, and it was, that means that the next one that goes up after this abort test is coming up, as long as that goes well, safety is clear. Two crew members are going to fly up to the space station on a, com- on a private company's rocket. That will be the first time in history. Wow. So there's a little okay. science history for you there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So that was the mission, and, and the capsule would go up. It was all automated. The capsule, it would launch. The booster came back, and the capsule went to the space station. Everything worked out at the space station, and it had a dummy on it named Ripley hmm. and, uh, as a sort of test, uh, you know, basically a crash test dummy. NASA explicitly said, by the way, in a press conference, we prefer not to call them, not to call yes. them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a good choice on their part. And yet, what did everyone call it? Crash test dummy. A dummy. Yeah. Uh, but they, uh, uh, they did give it the name Ripley, I assume in honor of Sigourney Weaver's character in Alien. That would be my guess as well. Yeah. Which meant that the space station may be infested with alien eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they didn't think through that particular yeah. detail. That's right. I would not sit around the breakfast table too long at the space station. But uh, that's good. So, where did you get to watch it from? So, we got to watch it from a special VIP area on the NASA Causeway, hmm. which is 
basically, th- there's a, the, the area you're most familiar with seeing is the the giant countdown clock and a large right. American flag. Everyone's seen that's mm-hmm. the kind of the press area, and uh, we visited that, which was fantastic. Um, but we went to a, we were at a different site, which I think was almost as close. And so you're just on like this narrow, basically it's this road and this grassy area that's about as wide as a two-lane road with a kind of large glass, grassy area on both sides of it. And then the, between you and the rocket is just a lake. Like, huh, okay. Phenomenal. This is beautiful. It's basically just all water. And then right on the other side of the water there is the vehicle assembly building all lit up, the VAB. And the uh, launch pad and the rocket. Wow. Yeah. It was amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So when it, um, when it actually takes off, do you feel a pressure wave? Now, that was interesting. I don't know about a... Your pants do. What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah yeah, so pre- it's interesting. So first, of all, one one person uh, uh, on the team had mentioned that they'd been to a launch before, and they thought they f- felt heat. They were like, "Watch for that. You may you might feel like this wave of heat that comes, which was on un- they they felt was unexpected on the launch that they had been at before." Mm-hmm. I I didn't feel that. I mean, it may have been there, but I was just so like such sensory overload. I I didn't notice the heat. Although I I did have an idea, and, and when I'm more now that I'll, I'll be more experienced, hopefully the next time I get to go to one of these, uh, I wanted to buy, like, just at the drugstore, like a little thermometer, like a little backyard thermometer. Hold it up. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Or yeah. a digital one, I suppose. See if you feel a heat wave. But, as you can imagine, so, so the rocket was four miles away. And it's still quite large. The whole business with the f- smoke and the fire, it lights up, you know, ignition. They had, sp- this was pretty cool. They had speakers on the telephone poles out in this area. There was hardly any lights. Huh. It was like one of these lights, like on a generator, like when they're repairing the highway or something. And then that was it, <laughs> which, which was, it was amazing because the star, the sky was just full of stars. And I mean, to watch a rocket launch in person, first of all, means, of course, you don't have this little frame of your television screen around it. But it's right. the full 360 degrees around you or 180 degrees of sky, just nothing but stars, and there's nothing out there. I mean, the only thing that's lit is the is lit up is the, the launch pad and a couple buildings. So it takes off suddenly, it's as bright as the sun. Hmm. And you have shadows and everything right around you. And the sound wave takes a long time to get to you. Oh, sure. Okay. So I have a video. Actually, I'll post the, I'll I'll include the sound here. The first sound, all you hear are crickets because everyone gets really quiet. (laughs) (laughs) And then the speakers are playing the announcer. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Go where's that guy on the end? And then adding added to the sound of all the crickets is a million camera shutters. (laughs) 
And then you can hear where I was standing, somebody went, here it comes, <laughs> which was which was cool, but also a little bit like that guy who's seen the movie before. It's like, shut up. pretty cool where does one eat lunch at nasa okay now this is a great question <laughs> so there are a number there, there are a lot of cafeterias just sort of your kind of standard like commissary type things however so on day one we were told to bring our own lunch because uh we would be i don't know for whatever reason we'd be in an area where we weren't conveniently located to go to one of the cafeterias or we didn't have time or whatever. And so naturally I realized as the lunch hour was approaching and we were kind of, we were getting some lectures uh, we were getting to talk to people from SpaceX and people from NASA. That was like incredible. I realized, Oh, my delicious Turkey sandwich is in the car 10 miles away from wherever we are now. Ah, not the turkey sandwich. In the Florida heat. And so uh, <laughs> I was like, well, okay, I'll make it. You know, I could stand to eat a little less anyway. But then mm-hmm. <laughs> as the lunch hour approached, one of the women who was running the program for us, was sort of one of the chaperones or whatever, raised her hand and said, if anybody forgot their lunch, come with me. sounds sounds like you're going to be punished i felt i literally felt like i was back in kindergarten again or something (laughs) (laughs) so i I raised my hand okay everyone come to the i'll be standing over here and so i go over there and then there's a few other people about five of us uh people who forgot our lunches or whatever and then uh she's okay everybody's here Let's go. And so she had to ask, you know, in, we were in the Neil Armstrong Operations and Checkout Building, which is kind of the crew head, the crew quarters mm. for where the crew lives before a launch and also the place where they um, check out all the equipment. It was, we saw like all kinds of stuff. But this was, <laughs> this was definitely one of the highlights. She takes us down the hogs. We had to be escorted everywhere you went. And then she le- turns around and she whispers, don't tell any of the others. <laughs> and I was like, wow. And, and then we, you enter the alien autopsy. Yeah. <laughs> no, better. The only thing better than that, although a little bit more appetizing for lunch, we come to a door that says Sonny's Barbecue. Now, Sonny's Barbecue is, a, I believe, a Dallas based, it's, it's like a Texas barbecue. Uh, I didn't know actually that they had other locations. I was like, are you, we were all like, what? And she took <laughs> us in there and it was, it was like this amazing barbecue. Yeah. It was like, get, you know, it, it was like a barbecue. So you could get all, I got all this pulled pork and uh, brisket and macaroni and cheese. <laughs> it's like this oh huge tray. And it was so, it just smothered in the barbecue sauce. And it was, mm, there were pickles and jalapenos and it was like so good. And then, we all walk back with like our giant styrofoam things of 
barbecue and we sit down and sure enough the whole rest of the hour people were coming up to me nobody cared about nasa at that nobody cared about space (laughs) where did you get that (laughs) i forgot my lunch (laughs) so that's great so they didn't make you eat uh uh, astronaut food as it were nasa comes through that's what the the problem solvers right yeah yeah that's right (laughs) We did get a swag bag, by the way, and included in the swag bag was uh, astronaut an astronaut ice cream bar. Oh, like the old school ones? Yeah, freeze-dried yeah. astronaut ice cream bar, which I still have. I've not eaten. I'm saving it for when I'm in space. Because <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Or till when the atmosphere disappears off the Earth. And we'll uh, Yeah, that's worth pondering. Yeah. But, oh, what the F? So that's awesome. Big props to that. Let's, I I want to transition now to Washington, D.C. Because I I see that I I could tell a lot more about this. If you're interested, by the way, write in any questions you have about the thing. Uh, I'm going to be posting some videos. Uh, By the way, I I had um, a couple friends back here in New York standing by, uh, helping me with my social media. Uh, Kyle Crichton, one of our super ifers, was helping. And uh, Josh Samuels was also helping. uh, And I would upload just I just shot pictures and video like crazy and I just put it up in a folder and they would grab it and put it online and they did an amazing job. So oh, nice. go to my yeah, go to the What the If show on Twitter, you sort of scan, you can see that stuff. And and on Facebook. A bunch of that stuff. So incredibly, I had also completely unrelated to applying for this NASA social thing, which by the way, I, I got accepted so we, the mission ended up being, uh, what was it, just so a couple weeks ago, so it was in March. I had been accepted in December, and I think I probably applied in like June or something of last year. Mm-hmm. Sometime, I think even before then, I had applied for a completely different program, totally unrelated. It's the Planetary Society, which is the group that Carl Sagan created. Yeah. Fantastic group. In fact, one of the inspirations for me doing podcasting and stuff is I love listening to, they have a radio show with Matt Kaplan, Planetary Radio. I must give a shout out. It's been going on for, I don't even know how many years. Great podcast slash radio show. And they have a program where once a year, uh, you can volunteer if you want, go to Washington, D.C., meet them, and you get one day of training for meeting with legislators and sort of promoting or sort of, you know, making sure they are supporting, or maybe you can encourage them to support even more funding for NASA, for for all the different things NASA does, missions, uh, education, uh, all that kind of stuff. And so I, that was, I don't think you really had to be accepted to that or whatever. I just, I had applied to that. So I was signed up for that. Incredibly, because of all the delays and then the government shut down, the SpaceX mission (laughs) wound up almost exactly on the same day. I mean, it just kept getting pushed back, and I was like, oh, I hope it doesn't, you know, I, I would end up having to choose one or the other. And I told uh, Casey Dreyer, who's the, the head of the program for the Planetary Society, I emailed him and said, look, this is so weird. I got, I mean, <laughs> I'm 51 years old or whatever. I've done a lot of space stuff. I've never done either of these things ever before. I've never done anything like that. And uh, they wound up almost together. I said, I, I might have to choose the rocket launch if it winds up at the same time. And he's like, yeah. I would too. So no problem. Wound up almost best of both worlds. The space launched two, uh, the the SpaceX rocket launched and was successful. 248 
Saturday morning, I then went home, took a quick nap, went to the airport and flew to Washington, D.C., and went right into training for this uh, lobbying day or day of action, they call it. Day of action, yeah. Yeah. So that was fantastic. That was fantastic. What can I tell you about that? Uh, who was there? Who was there? So Casey Dreyer from the Planetary Society. And, uh, oh, I should remember the second, uh, another person, no, Brendan, I'm forgetting your last name. I apologize. Also from Planetary Society, uh, both of whom have a lot of experience. They are the full-time kind of uh, government uh, liaisons or you know advocates in Washington for the Planetary Society. And there were then volunteers, uh, members of the society, many of whom, like me, have belonged to the society since the very beginning, mm-hmm. um, back in whenever Cosmos was on, in the 80s. Yeah, early 80s, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, But, I mean, there were people there in their 20s all the way up to their 80s. in their 80s and uh just yeah a really wide range of like super enthusiastic people some of the people who'd done it before but most of the people had not and nobody there was any kind of government professional or even space professional there might have been one or two people who worked in space in some related way but most people were just like me they're just you know um Supporters and the Planetary Society, uh, Casey from the Planetary Society said that that's actually one of the best things. It's like we don't have to, we got trained, we learned a lot of statistics about the budget and stuff like that, which was actually pretty fascinating. I did not think it would be. (laughs) And, but they said, you know, just showing up, and this is true for anything, if there's any political cause you're interested in of any kind, apparently, just the fact that we went, you know, on our own all the way to Washington, D.C put on dressy clothes, which I'm going to count as a hardship. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. I I wear them so infrequently that every time I go back to put on a suit, it doesn't fit anymore. And uh, that's my own personal space program. And uh, ever-increasing space taking up. And uh, But just, yeah, just for the legislators, it's like, wow, if people show up, this was an interesting thing. Basically, they said each one of us represented thousands of other citizens because okay, right? Every in, a lot most people do not have the ability to do to take off a day of work and, and go, and so um, the legislators, the congresspeople, and the senators uh, know that. Wow, you know this is sort of statistically this is like really important. So there were hundred. So of us there, yeah, over a hundred of us there. So that was a great thing. Cool. Yeah. 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 That's great. So you didn't actually get to meet any legislators. We met the staff members, which are okay. actually well, they're the ones who actually do the work. So they're, yeah, they're the ones who do the work. Yeah. Young um, people, enthusiastic people. Here's a fun. Let me tell you a funny story. So one of the legislators I met was not someone exactly in my district, but it was in my was in New York State. And I won't name them. You can figure it out, probably. But w- there was one of the volunteers uh, was going, and it turned out she... she w- we were assigned, generally, to the our particular representatives from our district or our state. Mm-hmm. So there, there was a young woman there from Buffalo, and uh, she was the only one from that district there, and so she was going alone, and she didn't want to go alone. And then ours because we're from New York, there were a lot of people there. So I said, you know what, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll go with you to your 
Buffalo. I've relatives in the Buffalo area. <laughs> I qualify. So then uh, the night before, I figured I better go study up on this particular uh, congressman. Turns out his I, his uh, politics were 180 degrees, 3 million degrees away from mine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, okay, other side of the aisle, like all the way on the other side of the aisle. Mm-hmm. Like so far, he's probably in. He's in Virginia, you know. If I'm in Maryland, and um, fine. Also, turns out he's com- he's completely corrupt. Oh. I mean, like, <laughs> will he ask for a bribe? Yeah, I actually, I've made a joke. I was like, I should probably go with an envelope, you know. Say, look, let's just cut mm-hmm. those. Yes, <laughs> we all know what. What do you need? You know, I got an Amazon gift card here. Will that do? I don't know. Oh, oh I got some. I got some freeze dried. Uh, astronaut ice cream. Oh, yes. Okay. That's got to be enough. <laughs> That's right? got to be worth something. And uh, I mean, really, like, so corrupt, he's indicted. And, you know, so there was a fun sort of dinner gathering the night before we go to Capitol Hill. And I go to the, the guys from the Planetary Society and I say, Do you know who I'm meeting with? And I told them the name. And they thought for a second and they were like, is he the one who, and they didn't finish their sentence, and one of them, Brendan, just, he just put his hand on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. And he said, he said a very beautiful thing, actually, that this is a guy, he, he's worked on the, he worked on the Hill for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And he said, look, the staffer you're going to meet with, this is going to be young, some young person, who's not having a good day either. <laughs> and, huh. you know, he, huh. he or she volunteered for this cool job, and now has wound up with somebody who may not be, you know, he doesn't know how long he's going to be there. And so, um, but you never know where that young person is going to go. You know, when this, uh, that's a good point, right? Yeah. They're going to wind mm-hmm. up with another representative. And, uh, and who knows that person could wind up running for Congress. You never know. Right. So just think about that. And, and it was a kind of powerful one of many, many elements of this trip to Capitol Hill, where you learned, kind of, I kind of got to feel, oh yeah, the real sort of stuff of politics. They're like it's relationships, right? What actually happens? Yeah, yeah. And so I went from um, um, being very nervous about this <laughs> meeting to um, really looking forward to it. And it turned out to be our first meeting of, of Monday morning, the day, the day of action. And uh, yeah, young guy was like super into it. I mean, we didn't mention obviously any of the of his bosses, <laughs> the indictments, <laughs> issues. And he was just like really into it. And then, like all the staffers we spoke to, they they also just wanted to know. They were like, "Wow, you can I just ask you?" And they all just had questions about space, you know, or NASA, oh, okay, right, cool. Mm-hmm. That was valuable, you know, all the sort of nitty-gritty, the more experienced lobbyists or whatever could take care of. We spoke a little bit about how much I learned how much money from NASA goes to this particular district or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, the sort of sharing of the thing. And so one thing we learned was that NASA, NASA honestly is, you kind of know it in your gut maybe, but like up on the hill, we really felt it, like meeting all these different people and seeing all the enthusiasm all of them had. 
beyond just, you know, you could tell it wasn't just sort of a polite, yes, oh yes, we think very much about, you know, we care about this. Like, everyone was super into it. And NASA is one of the great unifying things huh. in this country where there is so many divides. Non-unifying things. Yeah. yeah it's quite beautiful. Well, that's pretty cool. So, so why isn't NASA's budget totally overflowing when everybody loves it? Right. That, <laughs> that's a good question. Well, uh, guess, that's a good question, actually. I, in fact, I would like to, I think I mentioned this uh, to you earlier before the show, uh, I would like to get Casey and Brendan on the show and uh, mm-hmm. do a what the if of the reverse. What if it was? But but uh, what if oh, NASA yeah. had all the money in the world? What could we do? That'd be pretty awesome, right? But um, I don't know, right? I, I don't have an answer for that other than to say, well, there are a lot of priorities in the country. But all right, so so would you rather be yeah working at NASA uh, or or lobbying for NASA in Washington? <laughs> Oh, definitely working for... Well, you know, that's an interesting question, I must say, because I actually did work for NASA a little bit when I was much younger. And working for NASA is really cool, but I think one of the reasons I left was, like, I didn't have the aptitude or the interest, particularly for all the nitty-gritty of some, you know, like... I feel like I could make a bigger difference, actually, if I was lobbying for NASA. Okay, yeah. That's that's, yeah, that's kind of what I was I was thinking about. Is um, what about you? There's well, sort of similarly. Is um, uh, there was a point in my life where I realized I was better teaching about science than I was at doing the science. That is, I was, yeah. I, was I was I was totally fine, but um, I was. I, I could make more of a contribution telling people about it and uh, helping spread the word, as it were, rather than doing that work myself. Yeah. But every now and then, you know, somebody will land a spacecraft on Mars, and I'm like, man, <laughs> I could have done that. I volunteered to be the crash test dummy, but <laughs> they said we've already chosen. So, And I would have killed them to just packed you on top of the rocket and sent you right. off. You know, they sent that little plushie, that little Earth, little stuffed Earth toy in the rocket. It's the zero-gravity indicator, which I thought was hilarious. I could have done that. I gladly would have been no seatbelt. I'll be your zero-gravity. Yeah, you could, you could indicate zero-gravity. Absolutely. My barfing. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's, uh, that's zero-gravity. <laughs> that's why we call him the, he's the dummy. <laughs> the mannequin is just, you know, that's a smart uh, data sensor thing. This guy, Barfarama. Yeah, it's interesting you know, mention that, too, because it, it makes me think that some of it has to do with, I must say, instant gratification in a way. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, you know, there's so many things we got to do uh, on these different programs. The Planetary Society thing, One of the, another thing we got to do was we had a special briefing of our own from one of the heads of the New Horizons program. Oh, cool. A guy who's been with NASA or doing space for so long, he worked on the Voyager missions. 
Oh my goodness. And he gave us an update on the Ultimate Thule. We saw we saw the highest resolution picture yet downloaded and anyway, a bunch of stuff like that. But you know, he was talking about he I think literally he was saying he worked on this New Horizons mission. He's it's 30 years in the making. 10 years of it was just traveling. Wow. To yeah. Pluto. And and then Ultimate Thule and and anyway, th- these are very 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 long-term things and I'm sure that Prince's engineers and all that kind of stuff they, they the, the work they're doing, they feel the satisfaction of problem solving and mm-hmm. programming and whatever. But uh, as much as I like to think of myself as like a nerd and like computers, I just love computers. I don't uh, people people are my thing in some way, but like not <laughs> in many other ways. I've not so just, much. Yeah, sit you know work with a machine and me and the machine get along very well. That's fine. But it's that instant feedback of like you get from students or just whoever you're sharing knowledge with, whether it's someone on Capitol Hill, a mm-hmm. staffer, or maybe hopefully someday, you know, the actual um, congressperson or students or people at a museum or whatever, that, that instant feedback is uh, really rewarding. Sure. That sounds right. You can yeah. see the work. You can see the work being done. Yeah. All right. If you're so you're inside one of these NASA buildings getting briefed or whatnot. Yeah. Um, In your brief. If you didn't know you were at NASA, could you tell that is what's how could you know you were not just in some generic office building in a suburban uh, strip mall? That's a great question. I would say this may be, you know, the Kennedy Space Center may be a little bit more unique than some other like NASA facilities. I worked at Goddard Space Center, which is not a launch mm-hmm. facility, so it looks a little bit more like an office park. But one way you know for sure is that the, they are so proud of what they do, they surround themselves with all the things they've ever done. For instance, the, 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 ah. the meeting room that we were in had uh, mission patches on the wall. A big, a big sort of, not patches, but like, yeah, the, the logos. Emblems you know, for, or something? Yeah, yeah, for all the different missions. Every mission that had launched, every launch, every mission that had launched from the Kennedy Space Center. And it was like, I, I'm okay. sure they weren't even all there. It was like the entire room, basically, all four walls were just packed with these things. And you could look up at any one of those things. It's, what? it's, it's stunning, actually. Let me see that. Also, the, uh, I got to say the enthusiasm of the people for what they do and the, the accept, like the, the, if we were in a clean room, for instance, you know, and just everything, there's the rocket that's going to go to the moon. Like, and everyone knows it and it has a sign on it. And when they point to it, they don't just sort of say, yeah, and over there's a rocket that's going to the moon. They're like, this is, you know, they're like, this is a rocket that's going to the moon. And going to the moon. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's wearing badges. No, badges help. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you are surrounded by, oh my God, one building we went into, the the one that was named after Neil Armstrong. You walk in, there's Neil Armstrong's suit from the moon (laughs) that he wore on the moon. Okay. Right there Mm -hmm. in the lobby. And um, just like hanging on a coat hook. Yeah. Just (laughs) try it on. Uh, No, it was in a a glass case. And um, and then right next to it was like uh, some plants in like a terrarium that were grown from it, this plant was uh, actually uh, grown on the space station. These are this oh, plant cool. is grown from yeah space. So you don't see that in your average office building. 
I suppose that's true. Um, although, to be fair, I've been an academic for a while, so I haven't been in an office building for for some time. So ah, maybe maybe there there are maybe there are more moon mission uh, plaques in office buildings than I recall. That's true, and strange plants. And strange plants. Well, that's definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if other people want to do this program, want to do what you did, yes. uh, how do they do that? So two things. One for the Planetary Society, well, kind of day of action thing. But th- there are many activities the Planetary Society does. And so I, I heartily recommend uh, checking out for them. You go to uh, planetary.org and uh, just find out if you don't know the Planetary Society. They are absolutely fantastic. On Twitter, they are at Explore Planets. And um, you can look at, for, for one thing they do, by the way, is like a lot of, uh, you can sign up to be on an email list or whatever when there's an important bill going through Congress or something like that. You can sign up for that. Uh, by the way, if people don't know, Bill Nye, the science guy, he's the head of the Planetary Society. Uh, oh, is that right? I didn't that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's who they are. Check that out. And uh, just a wonderful group. Uh, Emily Lakdawalla is there, kind of does a lot of their reporting and uh, educational outreach. She's on Twitter. Always amazing stuff. Um, For NASA, yeah, I don't know the the, the exact link, but NASA Social, if you just go to nasa.gov, you can find, you know, you just search for NASA Social, you'll come to the NASA Social website where you will see um, there's going to be an application for whatever the next thing that's coming up is. And, and like I said, it's not always a, a, a launch mission. There was a, They recently had a... They were doing some sort of, uh, I don't know, update on Mars, moon to Mars, or some kind of mission like that. And there was a NASA social you can go, and you can meet all the people that work on that, and you can learn all about going to Mars and the moon and stuff like that at different facilities all around the country. So, yeah, I cool. highly recommend that. And and just follow uh, NASA Social on Twitter, just like with all these things, you're going to see, and on Facebook, all the people that are going, you know, constantly to all the different programs are posting, and I will post as well, all kinds of fun videos so you can sort of live vicariously through them if you're not able to uh, to do it. But, yeah, check it out. All right. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for walking us through NASA and the lobbying process. Lobbying for good. Lobbying for good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Every now and then it happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Well, I think every, you know, they say like in, uh, in uh, when an actor goes to play a role, and no matter whether they're playing a good guy or a bad guy, th- that character thinks they're the good person. Yes, that's right. So I just in, from pure scientific point of view, I have to say yes. This is this is my point, but I do believe it's more good than a lot of things. Yeah, yeah that's how it should be. Yeah, yeah. So um, here's the last question: Do you meet people like your students? Do they come in excited about? Like, are they following NASA missions and stuff like that? They're not particularly science students, right? They come in. They're not particularly science students, um, but yeah, they'll they'll get excited about the latest photos from the edge of the solar system or pictures from Jupiter or whatnot. Yeah, anything visual, they're excited about. Yeah, and I must say, I'll, I'll give them a shout out to the NASA social team that they. I just think in the past, however many years, five years or more, 
the, the whole NASA social media thing seems to have really ramped up in a wonderful way. And I told the legislators, here's my last offer for this program. I mentioned to the legislative staff people that we met and everybody, everywhere I go, for the past few years, I see people wearing NASA t-shirts, right? Like constantly, everywhere. Oh. Just ordinary people on the street, you know, NASA t-shirts or NASA hats. And uh, I challenge you to name another government agency. <laughs> people are walking around proudly sporting the logo. That's an interesting question. USDA. Uh, yeah, USDA. Uh, National Park, maybe? Never I, don't know if, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody wearing a National Park Service shirt either. Yeah. Not that that isn't a wonderful program. It's pretty awesome, but, yeah. uh, but not not a lot of apparel. Yeah. National Park Social. Yeah, I don't know. Good question. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Department of Agriculture, you need to step up your game. <laughs> Department of Agriculture Social. That could be fun. You go to a farm. Oh, I'm sure they're out there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you for helping me relive the go down memory lane. And like I said, I only scratched the surface. So please do write in uh, if you want to hear more. My colleagues here also who collected all my videos and photos are helping me put together some uh, montages to share the joy. Yeah, that sounds great. Next week, we return to the if. I have no idea what we're doing, but boy, we've gotten a lot of ifs shared with us. Yeah, we've got a good we've got a good pile. Yeah. Including it's not next week, but I'm just gonna put it out there. Coming uh, we we're thinking I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it down. We're thinking for the for whatever episode is closest to May the fourth, the Star Wars Day, mm-hmm. uh, we are finally going to do the awesome suggestion that we got that was what if we had lightsabers for hands? So start thinking about it. Send in your suggestions. Send in your illustrations. That'll be coming up in May. Next week, who knows? All I know is that we will be shouting from now till then. What? what? The, the if, 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 if.